I've got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you something. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm just a Philadelphia queen from down the main line. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and you haven't seen Six Feet Under? God, you're so lucky. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Broad Which is, City. yes, I mean, there you go. Uh, what more do you need to know? We are indeed moving away from uh, a month of very heavy episodes at, you know, Seattle Grace, our month yes. of the early days of the BSAs of Grays, uh, or the BSAs of the early days, so to speak, uh, and lightening things up this week to discuss, in particular, the moms of Broad City. The queens of Broad City. I feel like Yas Queen was such a, even though it exists, it existed far before like Broad City. I feel like that was like a big resurgence. If like you knew, mm -hmm. you knew. That was like it, wherever it had started, and you know, probably long before us, and it, somewhere yes. else, wherever it had started, had migrated into like the gay community, like mm -hmm. you know, the the white gays, so to speak. Uh, sure. You know, let's just name it. And then I feel like Broad City. It was like they passed the baton to Broad City, and it was like here, it's for everyone now. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yes. And this uh, is a, a show that we've. I really had to rack my brain because it feels like we've done an episode on Broad City, but really, I just feel like we've we've just sprinkled it in every once in a while. We've never done, we never, not that this is a recap, but like, you know, we never took the deep dive. No, no. I mean, I did, on In the Details, I did the episode with Patricia Clarkson. Not yes. with Patricia Clarkson. I can did, you imagine? God, can you imagine? But I, yeah, it's for anyone who wants to hear, it's Patricia Clarkson sits on the stairs and it's her Beatrice Strait in network like cameo in an episode <laughs> yeah. of Broad City. It's truly remarkable. Yeah, I feel, and I, I totally put Susie Essman into this category. I feel every once in a while, I'll even throw Kelly Ripa in there, that sometimes it's like you're either going to kill it on Broad City or you're going to be just fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like I, I, I think that certain actresses, and I guess actors will throw them in there as well, just really fit the vibe and I think Susie Essman is the queen, though. But like I'll, uh, Patricia Clarkson and even Kelly Ripa, you know, they're in the top five. Oh, I know. I was I was kind of like before, you know, earlier today, I was kind of looking at like all of the guest stars they've had on Broad City because obviously they've had incredible guests. And um, oh, my God, I oh, <laughs> my brain just was like, no, you're done. You're you lost done working. It. You're done. <laughs> Oh my God! 
who were we just talking about? Uh, I was talking about Patricia Clarkson, Kelly Ripa, Kelly and Ripa. Susie Essman. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I, I was like, there is no more road. There's no more road car. Oh, no. There's no more road. So I was looking at the list of special guest stars, and I saw uh, Kelly Ripa on the list. I almost said Kelly Clarkson. This is just going downhill, downhill. A, going downhill in a handbasket. But... Um, that could totally be another episode if we ever wanted to do Broad City again is the Kelly Rip episode because I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember that being like a tour de force. Oh, she's so good in it. And I think it's just that I didn't expect her to be that good. And mm-hmm. that's what made it even better. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Broad City is is rife with BSAs. I mean, surrounding Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer. It, but uh, I love that we're kind of honing in on, in particular, the moms. It's really like the perfect lens. It's like, let's look at the moms of something. Yeah. And the, the episodes that we chose today, I chose season two, episode four, which is called Knockoffs, which I only got the double meaning of that, like, as of yesterday. Or not double meaning. It's not necessarily double entendre, but, like, the, you know, the knockoff purses and the knockoff dildo. I didn't put that mm. together. I only was thinking about the bags. The bags. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that until you said that right this moment. Yeah, yeah. that it is about knockoffs. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and then I chose, because you had suggested that, and then suggested then I choose an episode. And I was like, okay, well, let me go see what I think. And... Just the idea of like, oh, well, if there's an episode with Alana's mom, is Abby's mom ever in the show? And so sure enough, she is. She's in an episode called Abby's Mom, <laughs> season know, yeah. four, episode five. Uh, and it's Barry Gilpin. I know. Who I love. And so it was like, oh, this is meant to be. So, you know, really, I mean, and I have uh, I have not seen every single episode of Broad City, but mm-hmm. Knockoffs is one of my favorites and is, is from the era of when Broad City and I just had a torrid relationship. Oh, my God. It is so I can't even tell you how many times I rewinded specifically Alana and Bobby in the sewer. Mm. And like once once Abby said that like he Jeremy, oh, I can't wait to talk about Jeremy, once um wants me to peg him on the telephone and just her dance is it's the best. It is so funny and so stupid, which is like a perfect way to describe Broad City. <laughs> yeah. Well and and then, you know, her mother going, Alana, control yourself and she's like, I'm on the, on the phone. phone. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ Alana. <laughs> I mean, like, this really made me appreciate Jesus Christ as, like, an expression. Oh, like, yes. Jesus Christ. Like, it's, it, God bless it. It's a great, it, it, it's so satisfying. Yeah, no one says it like Susie Essman, too. I, I just, there's some people that sound really good saying the F word as well, and I feel like Susie Essman is one of them. Oh, God. And, you know, the whole time, like, watching this, obviously, like, it is so well scripted but especially kind of knowing that she's been on curb your enthusiasm and just the the way her performance is i can't help but wonder how much of these scenes are improvised you know i know yes i i hope that there is some truth to that because and like was she ever okay i'm I'm looking she was nominated for a critics choice tv tv award for this for broad city this episode really oh that makes me feel good um and not much else, which is infuriating, yeah. to be honest, because yeah. this is such a guest Emmy, like, at least the nomination, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Where's the recognition? Well, I know. It's, it's annoying. 
Uh, well, in any event, uh, so, you know, before we get into it, I guess, you know, just a little, a little, you know, uh, poisonal history. When, when did you get on the Broad City bandwagon? How long has this been in your life? Were you on from the beginning? What's your, what's your story? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I came in super late. I feel like I was able to binge the seasons, but I too, I mean, this will come as a surprise to no one because I'm the king of a, a dabble. I love a dabble, but I feel like I've watched at least three seasons, like three solid, and probably the first three. And then I feel like I dropped off and came back for like the last season sometime around there. So yeah, I'm I'm well versed enough, but it's been a while. I would love to go back and just maybe cherry pick some episodes. I I, I kind of have the exact same experience with it. Where like I feel like I I have a solid first three seasons I kind of left and then I kind of worked my way back but like could use a refresher I I know that I didn't watch it for a while and then in like 2015 I had a rough 2015 and I uh had a really messy breakup and then uh, a week later I was going to Peru to do ayahuasca and I was staying at my friend's apartment in Park Slope and uh because uh, without getting to all the details like before like ayahuasca there's like a very specific diet you have to go on and you can't drink you can't smoke pot you can't have sex you can't masturbate you can't do anything that feels good you can't eat anything that feels good so i had nothing i had no respite from this incredibly miserable period of my life except for broad city and so i just like binge broad city on my friend's couch and like whenever i think of that period of time that's what i think of is like eating like the most basic sushi i could get it was like well it's just white rice and cucumbers and like i can't have the soy sauce and like watching broad city i mean you know and looking at marco and being like girl we're gonna get through this (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna because he was with me it was like we're gonna get through this buddy uh so yeah so i i am you know I have nothing but good feelings for Broad City, even if it brings me back to a <laughs> terrible time yeah, in my life. <laughs> a darker time. Well, how do you want to go about this? I mean, like I said, we don't have to recap it per se, but the, I mean, it's almost like an episode of 30 Rock. Like everything is gold, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, so maybe, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we do not have to recap it. I'm so, I, I was realizing as we were logging on today was like, oh. I don't have to talk about the active shooter anymore. I know. God. Oh, I'm so that was so dark. Um well why don't we talk about like the the knockoffs episode first and just, yeah. you know, do a little synopsis moments we liked and then we'll move on to the second one. Perfect. I, I think I can whip up like a I mean, I I get fairly long-winded with these, but let me try. Let me challenge myself here. So, uh essentially, uh Alana's grandmother, Grandma Esther has passed away and Bobby and Alana meet up uh, at the nail salon and they talk to Abby who is getting very excited because she finally is um, meeting up for a get together with uh, the ever handsome Jeremy from across the hall and also Bobby while she's in town she wants to get bags for all of her friends and uh, what am I, what else am I missing here I feel like those are the made those are the broad strokes broad strokes yeah, I mean, except for the pegging. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus Christ! I was like, uh, when I think of this episode, I think of a green Shinjo and Jeremy's asshole. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> this is perfect. Let's let's talk about Jeremy. Let's talk about the men first. Maybe. What are your mm. thoughts on Jeremy? 
Oh, so Jeremy is played by Steven Schneider, and yes. he is, I mean, uh, the monkey qualities. Now, it's worth, you know, repeating for anyone who doesn't know, this is a compliment. I like it when a man looks kind of like a monkey. And yes. uh, he, I mean, I was going to say, like, for, you know, give other examples, but honestly, he's such a perfect example. I'm looking at a picture of him now, and it was, it's, it's, the, it's number two of 58 of his IMDb pictures, and it's like... That's it. That's it, baby. To, to quote Brenda Vaccaro, that's it, baby. That's what I want. That's it. That or Dev from Smash or some combination of the two would be Ooh, perfect. Yes. That's I'm, it, baby. I'm glad we finally have like a real point of reference, even though you've given plenty of examples in the past too, but I'm glad that I can always go back to Jeremy if I ever need to like, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm watching something on my own and I want to text you, you know, I'll compare notes yeah, yeah, just just go back to the scene of him on his hands and knees on his bed saying, right in the butt. That's it. There you go. That's your point of reference. <laughs> oh, he's so, he's like such a hot, dopey guy, you know? Yeah, well, so what I, and, and I, rem, I know that, you know, he's in a bunch of episodes kind of leading up to this and, and maybe a little bit after, but what I kind of love is, obviously, the actor himself is is gorgeous and yes. um and I'm I'm in, I'm in love and I love the fact that he get pe- gets pegged in this episode. Yes. But I also I love in the writing that he also has all of these really subtle annoying qualities, you know, like when they're at his apartment and he's coming in from the kitchen, which is all like one big room because he took all the walls down because he yeah. doesn't like walls, and he like pops the lids on those beers. Yeah. And it's just like, "Oh god," you know. And then I don't know if this was on purpose, but like She's looking at his postcards. And he's like, "Yeah, it kind of reminds me of your drawings." <gasps> he said that. He says drawings, and I was like, "Oh, that's such a subtle thing that, like, at first you kind of like stow away as like not doesn't bother me, whatever, no big deal." But then, like down the line, it's like, if you say drawings one more yes. time, I'm gonna rip your ears off. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's it is. I mean, as as upset as I was that it didn't work out for Abby and Jeremy, it, it kind of needs to not work out for the sake of Broad City because you don't really – there's, like, some through lines. It's almost like 30 Rock. Like, there's some stuff that happens in relationships that might last, you know, I mean, I, I guess with Jack Donaghy there are longer relationships. But I – it's kind of like a glimpse into what it could have been. They had, like, a fight that they would have had, like, six months in on day mm-hmm. two. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think it's like, I I think about this with with dating. Uh, you know, God help me if that has to happen in my life ever. If ever I have to date somebody and I have to encounter these questions, I um I think about that where it's like these little details where like, okay, like every boyfriend I've ever had, I can look back at those little things that like I noticed or I heard in the first couple of weeks. And it was like, those were clues to everything that I was going to encounter six months later, you know? And yeah. so it's like, I just feel like that's what I'm seeing. And this is like, Oh yeah. This is like when Jeremy says, you know, Oh yeah. You know, talks about his terminally ill dog. he mentions his terminally ill dog in conversation. It's like, okay, that is your hint that he's going to just say things where you're like, oh, God, you're really bringing down the room, Jeremy. Like, read the room. Please don't talk about your dying dog. Yeah, or even how, you know, the next morning, it's like the dream morning when he's like, when he wakes up, at he like screams at her. He's like, ab, which is yeah. funny. Um, and he, you know, it's sort of like kiss on the forehead, 
I think he kisses her lips, though. And, like, stay as long as you want. And, like, I, th- I it would have been perfect if he said, like, I made some coffee for you. But he also is leaving because he volunteers to help, like, underprivileged kids with woodworking or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I volunteered to teach some underprivileged kids how to do some woodworking today. It's just like, oh, brother. Yes, but I, I could totally see, like... When you're crushing on Jeremy from afar, that like, oh my God, he loves his dog and he helps exactly. out. But like, when you're in it, like, I don't want to wake up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday to do this with you. It's like someone who like works out too much, and then uh-huh. they, and you just feel like guilty for not doing it. It's it wouldn't exactly. Been Exactly. It's those things that on on the outside and at first you're like, oh my God, he like volunteers and helps kids. But then like later down the line, it's like you hear him saying, I have to teach some underprivileged kids. You hear him patting himself on the back about the underprivileged thing, you know, or it's just like, oh God, like just let me sleep. Like it's those things that later become the opposite of charming. Yeah. And I think Abby handled herself really well in that argument as far as like even how defensive he got because he, she pointed out everything in his apartment. Like you have a kimono wall, you, you like curated things like, but I like that about you. And then he's, and then he gets like all pissy about it over this. Like, I guess like, do these kind of dildos exist? Is there like, I thought a dildo is a dildo. It's not necessarily shaped towards any, like, is this an actual thing? Well, just to give anyone context. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I'm like, this might be a Let's good time just on. to give a little bit of context. So <laughs> Jeremy and Abby finally have, in case you haven't seen the episode for some reason, Jeremy and Abby finally have sex. And in the moment, she suggests they switch things up and he takes that to mean that she wants to peg him. And he brings out this this fancy Shinjo dildo on a uh, strap on, uh, which she then, you know, unfortunately we don't get to watch it, but she does proceed to, um, (laughs) you know, to peg him. And then the next day when she's having her dream morning and she's cleaning the apartment and I, I have had, the morning in the guy's apartment he's like stay as long as you want and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna eat all of your cereal and (laughs) and and look through everything in his house oh yeah absolutely and put on your kimonos and all of that yes but she puts the dildo in the dishwasher and melts it and uh and in and she you know tries to save the day by buying a new one at at the sex store but, I mean, this is, yeah, this is that, like, oh, Jeremy loves everything to be, like, small batch handcrafted organic. Like, this is the dark side of that is when yeah. she tries to peg him the next night with her knockoff dildo. Yeah. I love that scene where she's in, the like, the porn shop or whatever, and she knocks over, like, a rack of something. Oh, like, my God. I laughed so uh- hard when she knocked over the rack. I Like, that gag will never not kill me. And, of course, we've all had that feeling of going into, like, the sex store, and it's like, oh, my God. Everyone's looking at me. This is so shameful. I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, God, I can't, I, I can't even, what if I look, oh, my God, they're going to see me looking at the dildo, you know? Yes. Uh, and so I just, like, know that anxiety of, like, I'm just here to get poppers. It's nothing. Please, nobody, I don't want to recognize anybody. Please leave me alone. Look away. Look away. Uh, I don't want the guy behind the counter to judge me. Yes. You know? um, so, yeah, so then he has this, like, total meltdown, you know, about his melted down Shinjo, and... It, it's kind of an it. She makes like a really good point. And I think the, this is like really great writing in the episode. I think they did a great job of navigating around the usual, like, oh my God, he likes to get fucked in the ass. Like, 
they without like you know what i mean like i think there's a very obvious yeah. kind of cbs comedy way of doing this you know yes i i love it though and like because it's it's perfect that it happens to abby and it's like it's perfect that like alana is so excited about what she's saying you want to go to the grave dreaming of jeremy's hairy adorable little butthole <laughs> like the way that she says right that. or do you want to plow it like a queen <laughs> Oh, it is so uh, funny. It's so it, and it. I think they re, you. It's it's very smart writing, but it's all. I can tell that they put a lot of thought into representing this a certain way. Yeah. You know? Um, and not having Abby be freaked out for any other reason than like Abby's just kind of awkward and like doesn't handle surprise as well. You know. Yeah, I love like. What is he? He calls her like immature or something. She's like, excuse me. She's like, I fucked you in the ass the first time we ever did anything. I think that's pretty fucking mature. (laughs) (laughs) Which, yeah, when mature is one word for it, but like she didn't judge him. Right, right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think it's interesting how like that's like the she's that's like the one thing she's not judging him for. And like, I think all the other things are valid. She's like. You know, come on, the cider beer, the cardamom, you you have a kimono wall, yes. you know, like, and like, you know, it's interesting how like in the earlier in the episode when she's like, God, like you're it, being in your apartment's like being in a magazine. Yeah. But then once they get to this fight towards the end, it's like, oh, my God, I would go insane. Like, get me out of this fucking magazine. I want to be in a real living room, you know? Yeah. I mean, and. I don't know how to describe this like brand of comedy, but Abby does this every once in a while when he tells her to like turn down the Alanis Morissette. <laughs> like, who blasts thank you? Right. And she's like, now who's judging people for other people's things that they like? You know that way that she uh-huh, says that it? I voice. Love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that voice. I don't know what yeah. how to brand it, but we all know. If you know, you know. Right. It, it's like this very sort of long kind of yawny way of talking. Um, but it's, oh, God. It, and it, and I, I think, you know, in sort of a Seinfeld kind of way, like it's an interesting twist where it's like, oh, who's judging who now? You know, like who's being a baby now? You yes. know, and, and like I and I, I guess. I don't, I guess it's not really, you know, left up to interpretation. I feel like I'm on team Abby, you know, like I feel like, oh, absolutely. Maybe I'm a little subjective because Jeremy's really high. And, you know, like I, I might put up with a little more of his bullshit a few, a few more times, you know? Yeah. It just, it crumbled really quickly, but, um, I do love when Alana, she's at her <laughs> grandma Esther Shiva and Abby eventually comes in and she hugs um, Arthur, I think his name is, Bob Balaban's character. Oh my God. <laughs> the fart. I was like, this is so, it's so Broad City. It's like, let's let's give Bob one more line here. Okay, so let's talk about Bob Balaban for a second. Yes. Let's let the what the last thing I want to say about Stephen Schneider slash Jeremy is that I would love to see him and Steve Carell play brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. There's something there. Yep. Um, but yeah, while we're talking about men, let's talk about Bob Balaban, who plays Abby's or Alana's father. Uh, who? Yeah, I mean, we we see at this, you know, the shiva for Aunt, for Grandma Esther in Astoria. By the way, ooh. Uh, it, a, a running theme in uh, both of our episodes this week, both this episode and Smash, is how many of the filming locations are mere blocks from apartments I've lived in or do live in now. No way. I love that. And actually, just a little sneaky preview, uh, 
some of the scenes in Smash were filmed because they were probably if the show came out in 2012 they were probably filming them in 2011 they were literally filming around the corner from me i was there (gasps) i was practically in smash like julia's apartment like the outside the exterior oh god no i wish but like when they were at the westway diner or mr biggs when they're having drinks i lived i lived a block from mr biggs I went to that dingy Dwayne Reed across from the Westway Diner so many times. <laughs> I love a Dwayne Reed. Oh, this one was terrible, but we'll talk about it on the sure. Smash episode on Patreon. Ding. Um, yeah, it's a little, a little plug. Wow. Um, so that so there's a yeah there's a moment when Abby gets to the Shiva, and I I didn't realize that that's what had happened. I thought he said, "Oh, that will that'll just be between us," because he tried to pick her up and like. Oh, I see. I didn't know there was an extra little toot in there. There was, because that's the last thing he says. He's like, and I promise I won't tell anyone about your fart when, there's, when they're hugging on the <laughs> sidewalk. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know how I, I missed know. all Maybe that. you just blocked it out. Anytime I must have. that four-letter F word, it's your least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't hear it. Nope. <laughs> Literally. Uh, oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. Bob Balabat. I mean, that's another reason why I feel like some of these scenes were improvised, because he's obviously been in the Christopher Guest movies yes. and like the idea of him and, and you know, uh, what's her snakes? The woman we're talking about today, Susie Essence, Yes. Being in a scene together and being not being off script. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they must have improvised. The whole family seemed real. I was like, yeah. And I know that, um, is Elliot Glazer who is actually Alana's brother in real life? Um, yes. plays, plays her brother. So of course it felt even more real because of that. But I was like, yeah, I can see Bob Bell, especially Susie Essman. She looks exactly like Alana. Oh, it's such good casting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's actually okay, he's a little unexpected, but I, I I'll go with it. But I was like, I was expecting someone a little more like classic, kind of like darker featured East Coast Jewish, you know? Sure, sure. But I I love him in this episode. I think like just the line. What does he say? Like my mind is very open. My asshole, I'm not so sure about. Yes, and again for anyone just for oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just dumping that. these quotes. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> um, so. By the end, well, yeah. By the end of the episode, there's this little kind of like tag at the end of, of uh, I I just love Susie Espen's character's name being Bobby Wexler. Bobby yes. Wexler, such a fantastic name. It's perfect. And their home in their kitchen, uh, you know, inspired by Jeremy and Abby, and and the idea of maybe trying, uh, trying some pegging on their own. And uh, he says, "Yes, my mind." You know, she says she tells him to open his mind. He says, "Yeah, my mind is open. It's my asshole that isn't." She's like, "Oh yes, your precious asshole." <laughs> But yep. mine's, of course, off limits, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's great. But yeah, I. Uh, did you have anything else to say about Bob? I besides no, the, just, he's only he's really great. in in those couple scenes. He's great. It's just another example of just like great, great casting on Broad City. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to talk about Alana real quick too, because I mean, it's like I often think of like other girl. Uh, like just like best friend like it's like pen 15 and broad city and stuff like that too it's like i feel that sometimes i'm mostly laughing at alana like but i also really love abby for everything that she does too but this is just like ah from start to finish like just such a great episode for her like my opening line of her like in that nail salon i was like what 
what made you read this, the line this way? Like, I was just like, that. I'm just a Philadelphia queen from down the main line. She's like, King of Prussia Mall. And she does that, <laughs> kind of how Abby does that voice later in yes, the fight. Which yes. I mean, she, Alana does this voice sometimes, you know? Yes. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of... Uh... Don't ever die. Definitely don't ever die territory. Don't ever die territory. You know, I got to use this. I got to use this uh, soundboard that we got here, you know, Um, you know, you got to keep some of the dark Grey's anatomy. Absolutely. It'll always come back to us. Um, Well, you know, why don't we... Uh, did you, any other things you want to say about Alana, or, do you, or shall we talk about Susie Essman? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it sort of ties into Alana or uh, Susie because they're, you know, they're such a team in this episode. So yeah, let's let's lump them together. All right. Um. So I, I mean, uh, yes, I have so many like it's just quotes that I've written down. Yeah. You know, like when they get to the nail salon and she says, you know, Yelp said somebody got staph infection in this place. It's so cheap now. You know, like. <laughs> Perfect. You're gonna need a much stronger scissor for that big toe. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That. Um. You know, when they're at the nail salon, uh, I just love this, like, just this little kind of Easter egg of when they're talking about Grandma Esther and they're saying how Grandma Esther played for the Rockford Peaches. Yeah. And I thought, oh, is there like any connection? Because then Abby, you know, helped make League of Their Own. She's I in know. it. And I guess they really like that movie. I'm sure uh, it's just one of her favorites, anyway. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I might know the answer to this, but I have to at least ask. Have you watched any of the A League of Their Own show? I have not. So I don't want to influence your opinion. Uh, okay. I have watched uh, probably half of the season. Okay. And um, it's, I think it's worth watching. I think you would actually really enjoy it. Yeah. I think there is, it's, I think when you kind of accept that it's doing its own thing and it's not doing the movie, then it's like, you know what I mean? Like if you, it's like, if you think of it as, as an individual thing and not a variation on the movie, then I think it's better than like trying to capture that very specific magic of the movie, you know? Yeah. That would be hard to let go of, I'm imagining, but it was filmed in Pittsburgh. So that's kind of cool. Well, yeah. So that would be fun to kind of like much like broad city or smash. You may have moments of like, ah, I know that warehouse. That's right. I know that Rite Aid. That's our equivalent to, you know, oh, yeah. read over here. We got a couple of Rite Aids. Got a CVS. Yeah. I love a CVS. We, uh, we have a CVS. We have those things. That's true. Yeah. It's like we don't have a Pennsylvania specific sort of drugstore like that. Ugh. Yeah. Do you guys have it? I mean, what does Pennsylvania have? They, there's. I feel like there are Pennsylvania specific like establishments. Yeah. But... I mean, we have a giant eagle is our grocery store. Yes. I don't think we even had those in New Jersey. Yeah. Which are great. It's like, it's, I mean, nothing's, it's the closest thing we're going to get to Wegmans, but it's, it's never going to be Wegmans. Yeah. How far are you from a Wegmans? I don't think there is, there isn't, there aren't, excuse me, any in Pittsburgh, like at all. The closest one that I've been to is Erie. Not to say that there's not one closer, but it's really tragic. Let me look well, it that's, up. Yeah, look, look up. that up. Yeah. I need to know. I, I need watch to. there be one like 15 minutes away and I'll just I know. Like, yeah, scream. there's one around the corner. It's been open for two years. You've just been walking the other way. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, no, it's like the one, the ones that came up were Peach Street, which is in Erie. And then there's one at State College, which is, you know, nothing less than 110 miles away, which is. That's, yeah, the other side of town. Uh, yeah, That's really sad. Um, 
Well, you know, just to 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 bring us back to to Bobby Wexler. So her side of all of this, the non-pegging, the the other knockoff side of this is yeah that she wants to go to Canal Street and buy bags for all of her friends back on Long Island and um you know and and I what I like is that there's also this undercurrent of like Bobby's not dealing with her mother's death, you know? And yes. so at the nail salon, you know, they're talking about Grandma Esther and uh, and I guess I think they they bring, you know, she talks about how she wants to go get the bags. And then, yeah, then Alana says, um, oh, mom, I thought you were done with the bags. And I love how like Bobby then uses like, excuse me, Alana, my mother just died. You know, like I love that like then that can be used as collateral, you know? Oh, yeah. She says it later to Abby. My mother is freshly dead. I'm going to look at yeah. the <laughs> Let me touch the lining. Yeah. <laughs> Italian. Yeah. I think she says, yeah, a- Abby Anna Abrams. My mother is freshly oh, dead. Yes. Now let me look at that lining. I love it. <laughs> um, and so then, yeah, then they go down to Chinatown and, you know, uh, do a little wink, wink, nod, nod with this woman who then I love when like then the woman says, OK, come on. And then like Bobby's like, what the fuck am I talking Chinese for? Oh, God. I love that she talks like fluent Chinese. And then she says, tri-state area dirtbag. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so good. No, uh, I, I have to ask you, have you ever accompanied um, any of your female friends to get purses in Chinatown? No, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like my, it could be different now, but my experience with this whole process is they're just laying out on a table or, a you know, something on the sidewalk. There may be a little back room or a little, you know, side door or a manhole they take you down, but I have never been on that. I've never been on that journey, unfortunately. Have I you? I, I have twice. And I think twice. the first time was not so bad, but the second time I felt, <laughs> of course, this is just like, me being white in New York and just like coming from like a suburb of Pittsburgh. It just seemed like I was, it just felt wrong. You know what I mean? Cause I don't really like, are they actually real purses? No one really knows, but it feels like they're all just knockoffs. Right. So like, yeah. why are they being so protective about it? Is it all just part of the, of the theatrics? Well, I think it's illegal. Oh, to sell yeah, the knockoffs. Cause, yeah. Cause like, the knockoffs makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's illegal. Cause yeah. Cause basically they are, taking money from Gucci and Fendi and all of that and selling something that looks that's using their logo and obviously there's always sometimes there's a little bit of a variation but like they're just kind of counterfeiting and so that's gotcha. that's why um is it all just theatrics I'm like I just... <laughs> because it's so theatrical in this it's just like cuz the, the second time that I did I had a whole bunch of um of my friends who came to New York for a bachelorette party which was high drama but that's another story but they all wanted to go to canal street and they all wanted to get the bags so i was like all right and i mean i don't really know they come up to you you don't you do not have to try they just kind of say like you want bags and we said yeah right took us we had to walk down like an alley and then we were in this warehouse but they did like shut the door behind us and there were only like there was only like room for like 10 people at a time and i was like all right girls hurry up i had to kind of be you know (laughs) <laughs> the Luanne de Lesseps, like, girls, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it, girls? Counterfeit. <laughs> I know. The, the theatrics. Can you believe it, girls? <laughs> I know a thing about theatrics. Hit it. <laughs> Hit it, Ben. Hit it, Ben. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, feeling Giovanni. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's real Giovanni. Yes. Oh, God. Um, 
Well, that's insane. Wow. Yeah, uh, I didn't really love it, but um, you know, they got their purses and it was it was all good. Oh, good, good. Uh, and you know, and and it's I feel like this is another topic, like in the episode, that they navigate in a really clever way because obviously it'd be very easy for like someone on Twitter to be like, oh, a little racist, don't you think? But mm-hmm. I feel like the I think it's because Alana and Bobby are buying into it so much. Like, for example, they get to the van and, you know, the woman goes to hand them blindfolds. And I love that Bobby's like, oh, no, 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 no. We bring our own blindfolds. You know, remember that time I got pink <laughs> yeah. eye? Like, it's it's kind of not implicating. And I'm not to, like, be more heavy than a Broad City episode needs. But I also feel like they are very thoughtful writers that, like, yeah. it's not the cheap joke of, like, oh, look at these, like, Chinese people selling counterfeit bags. It's like, no, this is the whole world. Everybody's a part of it, you know? Yeah, I love it. They just go with it. And eventually when they get to the manhole, they're like, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> like yeah, the- yeah. All, all the good shit's underground. <laughs> always, no, all the good shit's always down a manhole. Yes. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, just like, it's so exaggerated. But I, I, it makes, I mean, it makes that whole, like, the manhole scene even better that there's a guy, like, eating soup in the corner the entire time that Alana is doing, like, her twerking on the wall. It is right? so funny. Now, so here funny. is here is a thought that just occurred to me now in yeah. terms of the script writing. Is there kind of a plot connection from plot A and plot B when she says all the good shit is always down a manhole? <gasps> oh, my God. I mean, these are the Emmy-winning writers behind Hacks. This is Paul W. Downs That's and Lucia. Right. I, I want to say Anello. It's A-N-N. Well. A N I E L L O N E L O, but they won for Hacks last year. So yeah, they did. Yeah, and of course. Paul plays. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What is Paul's name in the show? He's the oh, oh he's still hot too. And like, I it's know. like a weird way. I'll look it up as uh, as, as yeah we talk here. Yeah, and they find that video of him. Oh my god, I I think about that far too often. The like porno tape he made Trey. or something. Trey yeah. is his name. Trey. Yes. Uh, um. But anyway, yeah, I just, you know, a little a, a little moment of like, oh, a little wink, you know? This this yes. episode's got, you know, it's got manholes. It does. <laughs> that it does. Uh, you know, which reminds me and it's just because it's like in in my notes right next to this quote cuz must be like sequential, but another like cringy speaking of manholes, another cringy thing Jeremy says when he's like it's a Shinjo when he talks about the dildo. It's like that would be something where like, oh, wow, he has like this specialty dildo. But like six months later, it's like, oh, enough with the fucking dildo. Like it's enough with the oh, it's a Shinjo. Don't name drop your dildo to me. Yeah, it's it's almost just as like it almost is like I'm like trying to take what you did and like make it in like the as far as like the purses, like the brand names of the purses that they're bragging about. But, you know, it's, it's oh, his version yeah. of a handbag. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. Yes. Yeah, right. He's like being a label whore about it, yes. right? Yeah, it's Louis Vuitton. You know, I mean, even Louis, Louis Vuitton, Vuitton makes mistakes. <laughs> That's so rude. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just, oh my god, that scene. We have to do just like a special episode just on Luann and Alex at, at coffee. Oh god, it's so good over candlelight. Oh yeah. Oh, that's. Wait, does Alex say that's so rude or that's? incredibly rude incredibly something like that There's yeah some sort of yeah adjective in there oh in any event uh so uh yeah so you know 
later on, yeah, they go to the, they're at the Shiva. They've got all the bags, and then you know, yes, Abby arrives with her knockoff Shinjo, which I love the throwaway line from the guy in Fantasy World who says, "Oh yeah, Shelly Winters purchased one of these ones." <gasps> oh my gosh, I was so gl- I'm so glad you remembered it. I wrote it down somewhere, but yes, it's so perfect. Yeah. Made me so happy. Um, and that's where, yeah, that's where Bobby is examining her bag and, and says, Abby, Abby Anna Abrams, my mother is freshly dead. Now let me look at that lining. And like just the visual gag of her holding the dildo in the little baggie while she's looking in the purse. Like you're just waiting for her to either realize or not realize, you know? Yeah. And the look she gives her. Uh, and uh, I mean, even Keanu and I still quote this. We just kind of substitute different words when Alana says, like, this is the best day of my life and screams. Right. It's so funny. Uh, and then, I mean, I love this scene because, you know, Bobby discovers the dildo and you're like, oh, what's going to happen now? And then it's like they're all standing around holding that tub of popcorn, which Let's stop and talk about the tub of popcorn. I have thoughts. Yes. Okay. So, are we talking about the trio, or is this? I I don't think we got to see inside of it, but oh, let's assume it's a trio. I mean, it. Yeah. In my French vanilla fantasy, it's a trio. Yes, we have cheddar, caramel, and then just plain, right? Or maybe if you're lucky, you'll get like a what's that one? Um, Kettle cooked or something, you know? Oh, kettle corn. I mean, I I was assuming it's like butter, cheddar, and and okay, um, got it, caramel. Uh, that's, I mean, I'm, that is a nice combo. The idea of kettle corn being in there is almost. That's like, fancy. That's my favorite one. My favorite's kettle corn. So I'm about to drop a bomb here. Um, no. I don't love popcorn. And I know that sounds crazy because I love food. I, I, and I love a snack. I love a good crunch. It just, it doesn't do anything for me. It's like, even at the movies, I I never order it, which I know is like the best form of popcorn too. It's like, there's something, I can appreciate it. I I can take a couple of bites, but Keon makes popcorn all the time. We have this like popcorn maker and he'll put his little like flavorings in it and stuff. It's just, it's just fine. And I know I'm in the minority there. Well, you know, I mean, that's, you know, uh, that's what makes you special. Well, like, <laughs> I, that, I mean, I, I was, I thought you were going to say, I don't like kettle corn, but I actually prefer you just saying, I don't like popcorn at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't, don't stab me in the heart. Just push me off a cliff. You yes, know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Push me into a manhole. Yeah. Yeah. That's where all the good shit is. Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, Okay, so when you go to the movies, what do you get? I mean, we've had this conversation before when I went to I see know. a movie and I didn't get any snacks and you were very upset with me. Um, but I You had to remind me. <laughs> yes. It's like with it's like sometimes it's mainly something chocolatey. I mean, most of the time I I'll, I'll I'm down for a butterfinger like those little Butterfinger Bites. Sure. Um, I love a good Buncha Cruncha if they still Is that what they're called? Buncha Crunch. That I just bunch crunch, on them? but yeah. I like yeah, bunch yeah, of bunch of cruncher. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing. It's never popcorn. It never is, and it never was. What if the movie theater has pretzel bites? Oh, I'm down for a pretzel <sighs> bite for sure. Oh God, yeah, we almost had to cancel this podcast. <laughs> Anything salty? I mean, even though <laughs> even though popcorn is salty, um, and and I I'm not repulsed by it. Like if I had to pick, like out of the trio. I like the cheese. I mean, we have, I should take you here or take you the next time you're in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Popcorn Company is so good and their Ooh. flavors are incredible. And Keon often takes it like 
back home to like New Hampshire or like as gifts to people, you know, when we're staying with, you know, it's a nice little, we got you this gift. Yeah. Yeah. We got you this. I hate popcorn. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say I do like popcorn. My thoughts on the trio is that like, uh, and I think that this is a thing where, like, is it like Chicago style where they combine <laughs> the caramel and the cheese popcorn in one bag? Oh, I mean, I would be down for that. Yeah. Like, you think it wouldn't work, but it doesn't. For some reason, I'm associating that with Chicago, but I'm going to just leave that to the yeah, sure. to answer. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But indeed, the family is standing around eating out of the popcorn bucket while they have a very sex positive conversation about pegging and i i love i love bobby's line and this has to be improvised just in the way she delivers it she's like oh yeah we went to the millers once it was it was a swingers party we you know we we, we didn't have sex with anybody but we stayed because the food was incredible (laughs) yes and then bob balaban jumps in with like and also yeah her daughter did just recently die of an overdose or something right 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 and and their child their their only child had just died of an overdose so we wanted to be supportive yes <laughs> and I just think it's like that's really clever. Um, like, because what they're doing is they're having a sort of on the nose sex positive conversation of like, oh, a lot of men, enjoy, you know, all men enjoy, you know, prostate stimulation, whatever. You know, they're having this very sort of obvious on the nose sex positive conversation. But they're also having like an, a, a more subtle creative one with having these kind of asides where it's like, it's not, oh, we went to the Millers and it was a swingers party. It was so weird. It was like, oh, I mean, we didn't have sex with anybody, but the food, oh my God. And I just think that's, again, really clever. Yeah, they they seem so, even like the fact that we get it at the end, that they they want to try it. Like, they seem like such cool parents. Very, mm-hmm. I would be stressed out by Bobby Wexler. Let's not make, like, make no mistake. But oh, um, God. I, I love that how her and Alana are just like on the same wave, wavelength at all times too. Yeah, right. I mean, I think they do a great job of showing the the family resemblance. I mean, when they're smacking the nail polish bottles at the nail salon at the same time. Um, And so, yes, obviously, you know, eventually in in a very Seinfeldian twist, they are uh, laying out the bags to find Bobby's purse later. I think outside of Grand Avenue Pizza, I think I think that's where they are. I think I know where they are. I, I, they have a nice slice there. I'll tell you what. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the cops catch them and, and uh, arrest them and, and seize the bags. And I love that, like, when they're then later released, um, and then Bobby gets on the phone and she's like, "Hello, Zabars, it's Bobby's, it's Bobby Wexler. Don't you yell at me." <laughs> and I don't even <laughs> like. There's so much like. I don't like I love that it's just like okay this is her alternative she doesn't have bags for all her friends she'll get something at Zabar she calls Zabar they yell at her <laughs> It's so funny cuz in the back of the I was paying more attention to her in the back of the police car and she's like I'm not going to be able to pick up my spread from Zabar's tomorrow and if if you don't, if like if you're late for their pickup then you're on they're on your or you're on their shit list or something like that oh. and that is not going to happen to me Oh, that's so funny! Yeah. I didn't because I, I I wasn't able to kind of pick everything up in that scene. That's great. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Just... So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like she got out in time to get the spread tomorrow because it's still the same day. But who knows? Who uh, knows? But just the like, yell at me. Don't you yell at me? <laughs> so perfect. Have you ever been to Zabar? I haven't, which is so nuts because like. It's a very like Ina Garten specific uh, reference yeah. too, because he's on her show a, a handful of times. But 
Um, I can only imagine the the beauty of it. It's you know I've been a, once or twice, and I feel like the aisles are very tight. It's a little crowded. One of those. I don't like the. Honestly, you're not missing anything. Okay. It's fine. It's the popcorn of supermarkets. There we you're go. Fine. Do they? Yeah. I feel like they have like a good bagel or a good like good bread or. Something. I mean, that's what he's known for is his bread. Yeah, I mean, certainly he's probably got you know they they probably have really nice stuff, but it's like you have to go to Zabar's to get it. You know that's what true. I mean? I don't so like. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like Trader Joe's. It's like those aisles are too close. Yeah, this is just and it's just that like that awful like awful you know older new yorker on the upper east upper west side crowd where they don't give a shit oh yeah they'll yell at you too yeah, yeah. the bobby wexlers of the of the world it is it's interesting yeah. because I, f- I can't remember i can't i don't know if this was like something i read about Ina or like her talking about the barefoot contessa store that she did or that she kind of took over is that she heard from somewhere and it's probably eli zabar to be honest too that if you if you want your store to look busy and successful to make smaller aisles because it it makes it look like there's a lot of people in there, which sort of like generates this like false sense of buzz, like oh, what's going on in there? And then mm-hmm. and also it uh, it makes it easier for like a line to be out the door too. It's it's kind of clever, but also not so fun for the you know the people that are buying shit. Yeah, it means you have to be one of those people who wants to be in the the milieu of it all you know who wants to wait in line to get into the place you know like i don't ever want to i i think i finally had a like a dunkin donuts version of a cronut because i was like i'm not gonna wait in the cronut line yeah no thanks and so i feel like obviously a lot of people will wait in the cronut line and so like that must be a thing. That's that's something I'd love to to understand is people who are like, yeah, no, like you know, the wait's about an hour for brunch, but like the place is really good. Let's go. Like, how how do you gird yourself for knowing you're going to stand outside of a restaurant for an hour, and then once you get in the restaurant, it's going to be crowded the whole time? Yeah, that's hard for me. I would need to know in advance that we're going to be waiting for at least 30 minutes or more. I would also eat something before I left. Mm. And also I would love to be, and nowadays it, it is pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it, so I'm just going to describe it. When uh, You don't have to wait there with a buzzer anymore. Like they'll take your phone mm-hmm. so they can, you, right. know, you don't have to be tied down to that one location. You could go across the street to the farmer's market or something. If, if there's something that I can occupy my time with. Um, but yeah, I don't, like just spur of the moment stuff. No thanks. No, no. Or you know, it, it's like if there's some hot new thing, and it's like, oh, the line's always out the door, and like you got they they run out by noon. It's like, well, then I guess I'll never know. Yeah, we have a bagel place like that in Pittsburgh. Um, it's called Pigeon Bagel, it, and they're good. <laughs> like I'm I'm not gonna say that they weren't good, but again, it's like, was it worth the wait? If, if I didn't have to wait, would I be as excited about it? Um, speaking of which, Abby Jacobson made a stop at Pigeon Bagel when she was filming A League of Their Own. Hey-o. Oh, how do you like that? Yeah. Pigeon so Bagel. Pigeon Bagel. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah. Well, um, well anyway, maybe... where the hell were we? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so maybe we'll swing by there on yes. the way to the Pittsburgh Popcorn Company, yes. whatever the place is called. Pittsburgh. I like that. <laughs> the Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Popcorn Company. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, you know, and I, I, I liked, you know, I, and I wouldn't have minded if they leaned into it even more that they sort of tie in at the end 
you know, Bobby getting emotional about how, you know, I never got to say goodbye. And yeah. it's like, you know, and, and she's like, the bags, no, mom, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I, it's just an added layer that they didn't need to put into this episode that like Bobby's not dealing with her mother's death. I think it's a perfect episode. I think it's so, yeah. it packs so much in. It's so funny. And uh, I love this episode. And like, it's a great mix of like visual gags and like, you know, smart writing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like Abby knocking over the shelf in the porn store, Ugh. Abby getting the dildo stuck in the door when she's leaving Jeremy's apartment. Yes. I, like, that'll never get old. It's so, uh, yeah, a great episode. Uh, a high recommend um, and a great rewatch mm-hmm. if you've seen it already. Amen. Well, shall we uh, skedaddle up to season four, episode five, and talk about Abby's mom? Yes. All right. I almost wanted to play Jag or no Jag, but something tells me Perry Gilpin was never in Jag. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we can safely say Perry Gilpin was never in Jag. Perry Gilpin is, I think, most well-known for Frasier uh, as playing Roz. And I am looking at her IMDb, and I'm like, do I know anything else? Uh, apparently, she was in that show, Kevin Can Fuck Himself, that I don't know oh. why I still never watched. Uh, yeah, I watched the pilot and then just didn't keep going. But I don't think it was bad. I, I think we talked about it briefly on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. And I heard if you stick with it, it like you know continues to uh, gets even better. But you know, I'll find out in five years when I finally watch yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, but just in case, I'm just checking. Other than her 263 episodes of Frasier, I do not see any JAG credits, but she was in an episode of Wings, and I think that's Ooh, similar. We love enough. Wings. We love Wings. Perry Gilpin, I would love to see her play sisters with Heather McDonald. Yeah, I can see that, that. Yeah, of course. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's just, and there's someone else as well. There's a there's a trio, but I can't identify it. I was gonna say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name right now. But she played uh, the baker's wife in Into the Woods, red hair. Oh my god, Joanna Gleason. Yeah, maybe like oh. an older sister, because I don't know how old they are, like what the age gap is there. But there's something about it. I mean, I feel like even like she could be the, like their young youngish mom. Yeah, but yeah, or older sister. But yeah. Joanna Gleason, Perry Gilpin, and Heather McDonald in Chekhov's The Three Sisters. I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Abby's mom is, uh, the the synopsis on this one is that Abby's mom, Perry Gilpin, you know, from the main line, uh, you know, king of Prussia Mall, (laughs) uh, is here to visit. And uh, she reveals to Abby that she had a, uh, a lump in her breast removed and that kind of gave her a new lease on life, and she wants to, you know, uh, she wants to live more. She wants, you know, she's there's all the things that she hasn't done in her life. I, I love that one of the things she says says is, "I want to wear clothes meant for black women." Yeah, and Abby's like, <laughs> and Abby's that's, like, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love, like, uh, in terms of the voices, I love the way Abby Jacobson also does that kind of like you know almost like in her she keeps her voice in her throat oh that's interesting yes you know yes. like she she does kind of a like clint eastwood you know yeah it's like an aside but it's facing front <laughs> yes yes exactly uh and so eventually they they in their plans that evening are to go to sushi mambo which is where alana works and uh meanwhile alana is struggling with seasonal affective disorder 
and uh, particularly on this night when her boss RuPaul uh, decides to, I guess, pull a little RuPaul's Drag Race and uh, give them the maxi challenge of whoever makes the most tips that night makes all the tips that night, and whoever makes the least will get fired. And uh, and it, I. I don't. I can't even think of other examples, but I just love an episode where it's like the end of Mrs. Doubtfire, where everything takes place at a restaurant, and it's just like, a, 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 you know, a, a series of you know uh, things like you know calamity ensues in a restaurant. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that RuPaul's character is named Marcel. Uh, and I have to say, too, because I, I, I had to correct myself on our text this week, Sushi Mambo. Mambo is spelled M-A-M-B-E-A-U-X, which I just, I love. Oh, yeah. I, and I, I, I'm, I know that there's a few episodes at Sushi Mambo, but it, it especially at the second time I watched this, it was like the and some of the like items, like the sushi fondue, like realizing, oh, God, it's like Japanese-French fusion, but in the most disgusting way possible. Yes, I, I think it's great. Um, Alana's subplot here, I mean, she commits to the bit let, she, because she always does, but it's not my favorite Alana, like, episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that this is a lot... This is, you know, really puts the broad in Broad City, you know, like yes. it's, it's you know, I think the joke or the idea of kind of making a joke of seasonal affective disorder and depression, all that, like, I love that. Like, I'm not, I, I welcome depression humor all day long. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But, I, and I, I saw a little kind of video, like kind of about this episode and they talked about how like it was tough. I think maybe there were, there were some rewrites, but this episode was tough to write because they were basically dealing with two dark topics in the A plot and the B plot, you know? Yeah. I, I, I do love the, like the nuance also too. And these, these episodes are so uh, sort of companion pieces because one of the first things as Alana and Abby are cleaning up Abby's apartment, <laughs> Alana takes the, or wants to take the dildo off the wall and says, never mind, or you don't need to take that down. My mom will just think it's some sort of funky necklace holder. And it, it just says everything we need to know about Abby's mom before she gets there. It's perfect. Yeah, it, that that was like, it was such a, a delight. Because, yeah, at the end of the last episode, they put, you know, yeah, Abby puts the, the $80, you know, faux Shinjo on the wall and uses that as a, you know, something to hold her necklaces. And then there it is, the first scene of this episode. It was like, this couldn't be more perfect. Where's Jeremy? You know? I know. And there's a little thing at the end, too, which I love. But we'll, we'll yes. get there. But yes. yeah, it's, um, so Abby's mom shows up. Yeah, like you said, she she says, I-, I love that we get, I just have to say this really quick, we do get a little bit of a glimpse of Bevers. Oh, God, Bevers. <laughs> He's so gross. I know. It's like he's so annoying. And it's like he is perfect, that actor. I just like I can't imagine anyone else playing him and like being so obnoxious. His name is John Kimberling. Right. And I feel like doesn't he in like one of the last seasons – like all of a sudden he like comes out of his room and all of a sudden he's like super fit or something like do, am i making that no up that is he... yeah it's someone because i thought it was real and i don't know if it was amanda or someone that said it was like a cgi sort of thing i mean he his imdb picture is he is thinner for sure yeah i mean i'm looking at his imdb pictures and i'm like well i'm not i mean the, yeah his imdb picture is a lot it, it it looks like yeah his face is a lot skinnier but i you are oh. correct in that oh he's born on february 1st a fellow Aquarius. Oh, how do you like that? Oh, 
All right. Was he ever in Jag? I know, right? Let's see. Uh, I'll check. I do not see. Wouldn't that be crazy if it was like, oh, yeah, he was in four episodes of Jag. Yes. He was not. He was not in any episode of Jag. Well, I, you know, actually, I'm not sure. Still scrolling. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, no Jag. No Jag. So, oh, well. He was in one episode of something called Assy McGee. Whoa. All right. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's like that whole world of like UCB comics. Like he, I feel like they all come from like a world of like people who like did a lot of like sketch comedy and improv in, in New York, you know, like while I was like, you know, working in digital advertising in 2007, yeah, you know what I mean? Of course. It's, I always think like a friend of mine is kind of not at their level, but like she's kind of since, you know, since college has always been doing a lot of like stand-up comedy and sketch stuff. And, I, and she's, I think, has had, like, some success here and there in, in, in kind of... And she, I think she's created a lot of her own success. Yeah. Um, but I, I... I feel like it's it's a certain world that I almost feel like I... I don't know. I'm not intimidated by, but I don't think I would fit in with. Like, I think in some way they're they're either too cool or too weird for me, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, too, because cause sketch, sketch is fine because I feel like uh, improv scares the hell out of me. It's like I always, I sometimes say, like, should I sign up for a class? But it just, maybe one day. But, like, um, yeah, it's and it's usually, like, male-dominated, like straight men, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which, like, as long as they're funny... And like, uh, like not a threat, you know, I'm okay with it. But yeah, it seems clicky because it's just like, I feel like it's constant competition, especially when you're in improv to sort of either you're the star or not. <laughs> right, right. And I just imagine there's a lot of like straight guys who think that like, if you yell the punchline, it's funnier. Yeah, know? yeah. Oh, God, straight men. Woof. Jeremy... You know, I'll make an exception. Yes, even if he doesn't wear underwear. I, you know, I I could get together with that. I could get together with that. That's fine. Uh, sure. Do what you got. I mean, you know, maybe it'll annoy me after six months. That's but at right. that point, shower. yeah, whatever, you know. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, yeah, most of this rest, most of this restaurant, most of this episode takes place at the restaurant. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Alana's, you know, um, you know, running to the walk-in, you know, to to hug the the sun lamp yes. and kind of trying. It it's. I think they're telling a better story with Abby and her mom, and so it's kind of like you almost wish that this story, kind of rose to that level, but. I also could see them like trying to balance out like, okay, well we want to deal with Alana's depression, but like let's make it super wacky so that any of the, like the real shit moments with Abby and her mom don't feel like they're bringing the house down. Yeah. Know? Like the, the whole like, so, like supply closet is covered in tinfoil. Like it is funny. Like it's a good bit. And like it kind of pays off at the end when she talks to RuPaul Marcel in the kitchen about mental health. And he's like the one that says like, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, I mean, so RuPaul, let's let's talk about RuPaul let's for a it. second. So RuPaul is, you know, I feel like the in these episodes it's like Jeremy and RuPaul are kind of the like, you know, uh assistant to the BSA male roles, yes, you know. Yes, absolutely. And you know, Bob Balaban, but you know, yeah. uh, in terms of like their role in the, in the in the show. And now RuPaul is 
sometimes RuPaul is a great actor and sometimes he is a total schmactor. And I think we yeah. see both in this episode. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I, I totally agree. It's like there's something that he does with his hands like when he like tries to be all like, I don't know, especially in the kitchen when he's just talking about like when I think when uh, Joanne, is that her name? Abby's mom falls mm-hmm. in the, the toilet. The toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I just decided fountain, it was a toilet. Yeah, and he comes in and he's just like, when he's trying to like read someone, it's just like, I, I'm not buying this. I'd rather him be more like Miranda, Miranda Priestley about it. Right, like he's kind of doing his his character from the Oh No, She Better Don't video challenge yeah. from season six of All Stars. Yeah. And so he does that, or like even earlier in the, in this episode when he's doing that whole speech about like, okay, hunties, how, here's how it's going to go tonight. Like he's doing kind of an impression of RuPaul the drag queen. And then there are other times, because I, what I love about RuPaul mostly learning from like what's the tea which you know is just a, a, a fountain of like real RuPaul but like RuPaul would like often talk about his love of like character actresses and he would always name Sandy Dennis Ruth Gordon and Geraldine Page and he's like you know actresses like that who are very conversational who are very kind of like quirky have kind of like a very naturalistic delivery and sometimes RuPaul gets the opportunity to kind of tap into that appreciation and so in the kitchen scene. So there's the moment you're talking about where he's like, I don't know what these, you know, Long Island, wah, 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 wah. He's like doing this whole read and it's not reading as anything other than RuPaul doing lines. And then, uh, and then Alana's like, I know, I'm sorry. Just fire me. It's fine. Just whatever. I just don't care. I'm depressed. And then Marcel kind of switches slash RuPaul switches. And I have a clip of like, RuPaul doing that like super naturalistic acting that he loves and occasionally gets to do and nails. Yes. And so here's a little clip of it. Are you for real? Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I'll fire Owen. Owen's a terrible waiter. I don't care if I wait. He's rich. His family's rich. He'll be fine. But this depression shit, that's, that's next level bitchy. Kind of digging it. My dick is a little bit hard. I hope you never get better. <laughs> I just, especially the part of like, he'll be fine. Oh, oh, Owen's family is rich. Like the stuttering and things like that. Yes, the high pitched. Yeah. And, and uh, I just, I, uh, I just, I have to hear that first part again. It's just so, cause he, then he switches a little, like when he says like, oh, my dick's getting a little hard. Like it's a little bit into the schmack again, but I just, oh, hold on. Here we go. Are you for real? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll fire Owen. Owen's a terrible waiter. I don't care if I wait. He's rich. His family's rich. He'll be fine. But this depression. Owen's a terrible waiter. He's he's rich. His family's rich. He'll be fine. I love that. Owen's a terrible waiter. Oh, it's so good. And that is the thing that always just perplexes me with RuPaul is that sometimes he is such a bad actor. And sometimes he is, like, my favorite actor. Oh, yeah. Even him and, like... um... Uh, oh my gosh, uh, the Brady Bunch movies. Uh-huh. So good. So it's just, good. It's just like, even when he's like really kind of breaking it down for Jan, like getting serious about something, you know, like mm-hmm. not Jan, um, I'm totally buying it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like RuPaul with that kind of material or like when RuPaul is kind of like reined in a little bit, like he yep. just, oh, it's so good. Uh, I mean, I'll say this, like I don't, I, 
I assume you didn't watch any of AJ and the Queen. I did. I think I watched like, oh God, I think I got through like one, maybe two episodes. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Love yeah. You, can't. It's, it's bad. I mean, we, we covered it for All Right, Mary. And it's, it's a, it was a lot. It was. Yeah. And, and I, I've never felt a desire to go back and watch it. No, I don't think so. Um, so I, one of my other favorite things about this episode and what I could watch an entire episode of is Abby and her mom getting high by the loading dock. Yes. I love a good, like, daughter or daughter or son or anyone, like, admitting to their parents that they smoke and that it's cool and that it's a safe space to tell that parent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, right. Like it, it's this like moment of like okay, and like the sort of the the heart of the scene is like okay, we're we're friends as well now, you know, and and it's and of course like her mom being willing to try it, and I it's just it's so I, I love when she's like, all right, now gasp as if dad just asked you to to get back together with him, which is not <laughs> something I think about ever. Um, I yes, just, <laughs> and. I mean, I will say, like, Joanne gets high pretty quickly. I was like, I feel like it takes a little bit longer. Yeah, but... it wasn't the greatest hit, but we'll we'll allow it. I'll allow it. And then they have that whole conversation. She's like, you know who else I think smokes a lot of this stuff? Charlie Rose. Like, I, I love, like, the sort of fantasy of, like, getting high with your mom and how do you think the conversation would go, you know? Oh, I know. It'd be so weird. Yeah. But awesome. I, I, I mean, I think my mom... I've been drunk with my mom, but I... I think that she would like getting high and she just doesn't know it. Yeah, I think everyone would. As long as yeah. it's a good high and you're not paranoid, like, what's not to like? Right, right. And they have this little moment where, you know, yeah, Abby calls her dude. And it's, like, really well played where she's like, it's just this this thing where you call me dude. And she's like, well, I, I mean, dude, like, friends. And just the way Perry Gilpin was like, oh, well, then... Thanks, dude. You know, it's such a great yeah. mother-daughter moment, you know? Yeah, it could be cheesy, but it's it's just not. There's something about, and I don't know if it's Perry Gilpin. It's it's mostly the writing, too, and how it's played. But I do also love, I have to say, that I loved when um, Joanne came out of Abby's room wearing the dress, the blue dress. Oh, that's in terms of throwbacks. Yes, she is also wearing the infamous blue dress from whatever season. Yeah, it like f- pops up in the finale too. I feel or like something close to the finale. Abby has to yeah. ask for something, and <laughs> it's so perfect. Uh, and I think I feel like that is that the episode where Abby gets the allergic reaction, and Alana has to save her. One or the yes, one there's, there's she an allergic. It then. She wears yes, it, it popped yeah. up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love when they're going back inside from, and this just felt like so true. When Abby's like, "I'll just do one more on her way back in." <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's like, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been that and done that, yes. Uh, and they did really good because you know it's like drunk acting and high and like stoned acting. It's an art, and I think like Abby and Joanna like laughing, Joanna like laughing at the table, being stoned. I it felt very realistic. Yes, because I mean, all she says is like it. It tastes better. It just tastes better, right? I think Abby says that to Joanna. Right, right. She says like because we're stoned or something like that. She like, says I'm pot. And oh, then they both I'm start pot. laughing. Yes, yeah. but I mean, it only takes that sometimes to just laugh for five minutes straight. Yeah, it was so cute. And then it, you know, it, it shifts into a more serious conversation. Uh, you know, Joanne asking Abby, you know, how many people she, how many guys she's had sex with, and I love this line because you know it kind of reveals uh, some of Joanne's 
own you know concerns and you know that she's only had sex with three men with some guy who was probably gay you know abby's father and then neil and it's like that's all i need to know yes (laughs) uh and and just the line of like i just wish i would have fucked up a little more you know like that's so oh like i get that i get that feeling of like even now i'm like there's a part of me that looks back on my 20s it's like i wish i cared even less you know oh yeah i mean i feel like i've done a lot of crazy stuff but yeah i i get that just like even being nostalgic about that time in your life is enough to just be like i should have i should have did the shrooms one that one weekend right right (laughs) what did i think was wrong with me i was 25 i would i could have had anything i was so thin yeah i was so why did i always think i was fat god i hate that i hate that yeah I, i i had that right i looked back at some pictures recently from like i don't know 2017 even i was like what did I think was wrong with me? Yeah. Ugh. I mean, now I look at myself and I'm like, nah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think I got it now. No, I think I'm right. I think, um, no, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea what I look like in five years. I'll look back and know what I look like now. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, and Joanne says like, I've never even had sex with a guy who didn't speak English. Not even an ESL guy. I know. Um, you know, I've never had anal sex. Not even a finger. And it's not something you can just ask for. And then again, Abby does that like, oh, well, no, actually, it's something you just kind of have to ask for. Like, that's just that little, like, yep. the mumbled response. Yes, I do love that nuance. Uh, but, I mean, I, I cackled at... Last week, I penetrated myself with a bottle of cough syrup. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, my I don't know why my first thought was like, well, which end? I, yeah, I, I was mean? thinking that, too. I'm like, what about the lid? I guess right? it would stay on, you know? But, like, I, there's a lip there. I wouldn't want anything to Ooh, get caught. Yeah, that's true, yes. But then on the bottom is the seam. Not that I, I'm not trying. I'm I know. I mean, say... we thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like a you know. Call, I mean, hey, you know, uh, desperate times. You know, <laughs> I didn't have a Shinjo, so that's it, right. It is, you know, it. I did. Yeah, but I did have some Dayquil. God, I know. Like, especially sometimes Dayquil shaped like a triangle, like that oh, triangle bottle. I'm shape. up for a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, I'm so happy for Joanne, though, because at the end, she makes out with Owen in the parking lot. And, and you know, uh, and we haven't mentioned, but Sandra Bernhardt is in this episode as well. Oh, yeah. I, I think is a phenomenally, phenomenally great bad actress. Like, sure. I don't think she's ever delivered a line well, but that's kind of what I love about her. Yep. That's a perfect way to describe her, actually. I'm thinking back to, like, the Roseanne days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like there, there was always something kind of like... Okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but she tips off Marcel and Alana of drama in the back, and, and Owen and Joanne are making out. And Marcel says, oh, this slut again. Yes. <laughs> I know. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, But yeah, so Joanne gets to make out with a bisexual man with tongue. She gets called um, a slut. It's she perfect. gets called a slut. It's, it's great. And there's this weird scene then with Marcel and this other waiter. Uh, where it's like, oh, it turns out you're my father. Uh, and I, I, I felt like they could have put that screen time towards, like, a different moment, you know? Yeah. Uh, I do love the line of, like, well, you're fired, too, because I do not work with family. It, it's, I was like, I chuckled at that, but I, I agree. It was, it was, unless there's just, like, some things in the episodes 
prior to this that was kind of leading up right. to it. Um, I feel like there was something that came before. Like, I don't know if they hooked up or something like that, but I guess. Oh, God, I hope not. No, I yeah. guess they probably wouldn't have. Uh, who yeah. knows? But I love when Wes Marcel's exiting and he repeats it. Your ass is fired, too. <laughs> I mean, yes. it was like the one time when like RuPaul did those hands where I thought it was funny. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But then where I don't doesn't look like this is fantasy world. The last scene is I think this is the pleasure chest, which is like a really nice sex store down in the village. Uh, and they are, sure enough, shopping for something better than a cough syrup bottle yes. for Joanne. And Alana says, you know what this slut would love? <laughs> do you know what this slut would love? <laughs> they pan over to the Shinjo. Uh, and, you know, word of advice, don't put it in the dishwasher. Hand wash only. And that, that's like another Abby, like, muttering. like Right. Oh, only. yeah, yeah. Hand, hand wash only. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I... I really enjoyed both of these episodes and, and I love, I mean, I just never get tired of like people with their mom stories, you know? Yeah. I love that one was a little bit more zany and over the top. It still had a little bit of heart near the end. And this one like had, you know, it was some harder hitting stuff, but still had that lightness of Broad City too. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, th- th- and this is of the only episode that Abby's mom is in. I think there's another, one other episode that, uh, Susie Essman and Pop Alaban show up in. Yes. Yeah, this is this is all the Abby's mom we get. So, uh, of course, it made me think about like all the other shows where I'm like, what about this person's mom and that person's mom? Yeah. Like, for example, other than Pam, I know you don't really watch The Office. I, you know, I, I I threw a bunch of references at you last week. Yeah. But uh, you don't really meet anybody's mom on The Office except for really Pam's mom, and then she ends up dating Michael at one point. Uh, and but I always think about that of like oh I would have loved to meet Michael's mother oh like we God. meet his grandmother yes. but we don't like who would play his mother you know? I don't even know I mean we do meet Aaron's mom played by Joe oh, Cusack Joe Cusack yes that's yes. right that's right but, and yeah, you're right. Andy's mother is played by Dee Wallace who's who I love uh, who is the mom in ET oh, yeah. uh, and in Cujo which I don't think I would assume you haven't seen Cujo I have not seen that <laughs> oh, oh it's you. so good that's like the other like. Oscar-worthy movie uh, performance in a horror movie that, like, we'll probably never talk about on this podcast, but I will always think is, like, uh, just award-worthy material, other than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. Um, But, yeah, uh, that's that's Broad City. A great show. Yeah. Uh, Well, we are not done here because we, of course, have one more segment. Uh, We have BSA of the Week, which is a... Uh, when we queen out on a food or a performance or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that's acting as the best supporting actress in our lives. I don't know why that got hard. Um, that's what she said. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey Like, he office. doesn't watch The Office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you got? Um, I was kind of racking my brain even before we recorded. Not that I haven't, like, had any fun since the last time we've talked or experienced or watched anything, but um, today... I, this is so, I'm like, so my mother, but like, I rearranged in our bedroom is where I work from home. And I put my desk on the opposite side of the wall. And it's really like a two feet, like, instead of facing the window, it's now facing the wall. And it really like, changed my life. (laughs) Like, I don't, you know, when you move stuff in your apartment, it just feels like you're living somewhere like new or, you know. Oh, yeah. I love it. 
I feel like that's, I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, there was some old ex- expression, change your hair, change your life, but like move your desk, move your life. That's you know? right. And there's very, for like, you know, our house is a decent, a decent size, but like everything has its place. There really isn't much room for rearranging anything really. Like our, our couch in our living room is this like C-shaped couch that only fits in our living room and it doesn't come apart. So that's the one thing that I kind of had control of. And I guess I was just, it was slow at work today and I was like, I'm going to move this. And I cleaned my desk and like dusted it and um, it really felt great. Best supporting desk. Best supporting desk. Are, are you sitting at that desk right now? I'm not. No, I have my little oh. like, I mean, I turned our bedroom closet into a little studio. So it's it's nearby, but um, it's not where I record. I used to record out there. Oh, well, yeah. you know. Oh, good. Give it a break. That's you know, right. it had a big move today. Leave it alone. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes it's just the best supporting desk, and that's fine. Uh, that's great. That As if that's a consolation prize. Um, my BSA of the week is, so uh, I, for years, have been, I've had kind of bits and pieces of an old American Express commercial kind of floating in my brain. Oh. And it's like one that I had seen so many times and I always kind of had flashbulb memories of it. And I think I had tried not aggressively, but to some extent to try to find it, you know, at some point in the past and kind of never really found it. And then I tried again the other night and guess what I found <gasps> and guess what we're going to watch together. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I wonder if you remember this American Express commercial from 1996. We're going to watch it, and then we're going to talk about it. Hopefully this works. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was hosting my first big business dinner, and I paid with my Visa card. Turns out I was over my limit. I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what to do. So I got the American Express card, and it never happened again. Call 1-800-THE-CARD. We can take your application right over the phone. Applying for the card was one of the easiest things I've ever done, and smartest. And anyone who's ever gone anywhere knows it. I have a place to cash checks, get my mail, and get help when I need it. My dad said the minute you get a job, get an American Express card. He said, trust me on this one. I've gone everywhere with it. And here's a tip. Sign up for membership rewards, and everything you charge on the card will earn you program points. So you can keep on traveling. So call now for the American Express card. You can apply right over the phone. Really worth it. It helped not having a preset limit. I got cash on the go. I can call 24 hours a day. That helps. Go anywhere and it's with you all the way. Don't delay. Just dial 1-800-THE-CARD. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Somebody's car alarm was going off, like, the entire time that was playing. And I was like, you better fucking stop because I can edit it out until we have to record again. Not that this is like a live radio show. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen that commercial? The the guy running through the street, like the black and white portions and maybe some of that the vacation stuff at the end. It's not as vivid, but it's there. It's I like I feel like because it came out in 1996, and so I was, you know, like 11. And I feel like this commercial, and you know, uh, I'll I'll put it in the I'll put a link to it in the description if anyone wants to watch it. <laughs> um, but this commercial was like this. Some I like didn't even understand half of what they were talking about, you know, and like, but it was just like this is what it is to be a successful rich adult. Because for anyone who's 
doesn't know he doesn't have flashbulb memories just from hearing that again it's all of there's lots of things about traveling and about being able to pay for things there's no limit and, and my dad said once you graduate from college and get a job get american express card and i just think of this like important business guy on wall street who's like got an american express card and he's doing business dinners you know and and there's also just that like mid 90s like footage of people like on a boat or you know in at some some tropical vacation or at yes. some spa and it's just that like that mid 90s version of like luxury you know um yeah. And that woman, the like call now, you can yes. apply right over the phone. I used to always think she was Meg Ryan. Oh, she definitely has Meg Ryan vibes. Yeah. Right? And she's been in a number of uh, Amex commercials. Like she's a, she's a staple of these commercials. It's a good commercial as far as like just like from a market. Like it's that guy says like you have to get it. I would believe that. I'm like, well, that's the card I have to get. And the number that you call is the card. It's like 555 oh. the card. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too, is also just being, like, 1-800-THE-CARD. Yeah. That's it. Like, the card. I mean, you just think about the, like, the the sort of advertising meeting. You know what I yes. mean? Think of the madman moment of, like, oh, my God, let's just call it the card. Especially coming, not that, like, coming from a man on, like, a, like a businessman, you know what I mean? Because I feel like they're, like, well, we don't want to, like, as far as, like, women spending money on, like, shopping or clothes or something like that, it's like, well, what about the men? You know what I mean? But I feel like yeah. it would be something that's, it's, it's almost just, like, this is the official card of the, like, the American businessman. Well, it's like they're covering all of, like, it's interesting advertising because they are covering all of their bases of, like, Shots of like the woman on the boat or yep. the woman at the spot, so or your mistress. Take your <laughs> yeah, and so it's really interesting how it, you're right. It really is directed towards men, yeah. even when it features women. Um, like one of the women featured is literally a new bride. Yep, like flipping her veil over and looking back. I've always I think about that. There's something in the editing of like her turning and flipping her veil and looking back. Cut to woman on the front of a yacht. Like the editing, I just will always remember that editing. Yeah. Like it's just like a rhythm that i like and there's this little thing where like they show the wheel of an airplane and then they show somebody like spinning a kid in the air oh yeah and it, like they both move the same way and the thing that always got to me was like as a kid whenever i'd see somebody like spinning this little like this little kid on his first communion i guess this little like meatball of a kid like spinning him in the air like a kite and i used to think oh but i can see somebody's hand holding him and i thought i wasn't supposed to see somebody's hand holding oh, him oh i see you know like i thought oh i can oh, see what you're doing yeah. i can see the strings the you know it's a goof yeah. yeah uh so i just feel it 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 just it's so satisfying to have like been able to fill in the gaps and that I do remember this commercial and it wasn't Meg Ryan. And I, you know what I mean? Like, and seeing it now, like there's a part of me that still sees it the way I did when I was 11 or 12. You know what I mean? Like I don't fully see it as a 37 year old. Now I still have that feeling of like, Oh, luxury, no limits, you know? Yeah. It's selling everything that it's very tantalizing. Yeah, it like makes me yearn for a certain life that I don't actually want. Yeah, you know? they're like slicing a Vianetta. <laughs> oh <laughs> God, that's oh, the commercial for me. That's the commercial. Yeah. Oh my God, you know, I I just went to the supermarket today and they had Vianetta. <gasps> wow. I was like, holy shit! I bet that thing melts by the time you bring it to oh, the Oh, I know room. that's right. Oh, uh, but it, you know, whatever. It looks so good in those bowl. little goblets. Uh-huh. Uh huh. God, the nineties. Anyway. 
the 90s. Yeah, those were those were times. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we are. I don't know what's playing us off right now. I don't. I don't. It might be that Broad City music. I don't think it's long enough to play us off. Yeah. So I'll have to figure it out. But we are definitely being played off right now. Uh, so before we uh, head off into the sunset, or more importantly, head up to Midtown for a little smash talk, uh, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. How about you? Well, you can find more of me on All Right Mary. Uh, we are currently covering uh, all of the international Everything. franchises of Drag Race right now, and um, there's new seasons coming out. It's just Drag Race all the time. Uh, you can find me at In the Details, a celebration of nuance. You can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at the BSA. Nope, at BSA Pod. Yeah, or you can send us an email at the BSA Pod at gmail.com. There it is. Uh, well, uh, keep your peepers peeled because on Patreon, we are continuing our discussion of season one of Smash. You'll get a little sneak preview on the main feed this week. But if you want to join us for the full episode and the full season and get early access to these main feed episodes, just join us at patreon.com slash BSA pod. Yeah, get over there. Let's be bad. Let's be bad together, all of us. Yeah. That's a Smash reference. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, anyway, uh, that, as they say, (laughs) is that.